재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. Welcome back. Well, here on Korea Escape, we're all about giving you a thorough briefing on Korea and its past and its present, along with the people that have shaped the country and its history. That's why we've come up with this little feature called Who's Who that we do every week when we profile in depth various Koreans from either the past or present. And to join us and guide us through it, we have Jungbok Lee in the studio. How are you doing, Jungbok? How are you doing, Kurt? Great to see you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow is February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, uh, but we're not going to talk about flowers and candy and things like that. We're going to go off in a slightly different direction, looking back on Korean history. Tell us about what we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has another significance, the day uh, in Korean history. The Korean independent activist, An Jung-gun, was sentenced to death on February 14th, 1910. At the age of 30, he assassinated i t o h i the Japanese official who'd been appointed as Japan's first resident general of Korea when the protectorate status began in 1905. And one thing that uh, newcomers to Korean history might be confused about his title is Anjunggun Uisa because the term Uisa is often used... Doctor, right? Right, physician. But in this case, it's patriotic martyr. Okay, that's a good mm-hmm. thing not to get confused. So right. when you go to the hospital, you don't want to refer to your doctor <laughs> as a patriotic martyr. Uh, interesting. I never knew that vocabulary mm. word before. So uh, he's viewed as a hero now, but um, obviously uh, under that uh, Jap- Japanese occupation, mm-hmm. he was, uh, I suppose, by the occupying government quite detested. Let's go into the history of his life and his legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, An was born in Heju, northern Korea, in 1879. It was during the waning years of Korea's Joseon dynasty, and uh, it was a couple years before that he was born, in 1876, that Joseon Korea entered into the kingdom's first foreign treaty, Treaty of Kanghua Island, signed with Japan. And during An Jung-ga's short lifetime, Korea was de jure independent, uh, designating the nation's title in 1897 to Great Korean Empire, which lasted until uh, Japan annexed the country in 1910. And under the Korean Empire, Emperor Gojong oversaw the partial modernization in various sectors, but Japan certainly was taking a very strong and often violent hand in the peninsula's affairs. Yeah, Korea has always been sort of the uh, smaller player in a, a much larger power game mm-hmm. uh, between powers that surround it, China, Russia, Japan, and so on. And of course, um, as time went by, Japan became even more forceful over the Korean peninsula, right? That's right. So it started to exert uh, exert more power over various aspects of Korea's government administration, post, telegraph, and telephone services, and and military defense of the Korean peninsula. And in 1905, finally, uh, Korea became Japan's protectorate as a result of USA Treaty. So where does An come in? Tell us a little bit about his life personally. As a boy, he learned Chinese literature and Western sciences, but was more interested in martial arts and marksmanship. And Kim Gu, future leader of the Korean independence movement, would later recall that a young An Jung-gun was an excellent marksman, liked to read books, and has strong charisma. Hmm. And one of the interesting biographical details is that uh, right around uh, adolescence and uh, teenage years, he became a Catholic. 
That's right. Uh, uh, Catholicism actually played a vital role in his life because while fleeing from the Japanese, he took refuge with the with a French priest in Korea who had a series of discussions with uh, An and gave him advice on what he should do for the Korean people. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Catholic Church provided both a haven and possibilities for modern-minded Koreans of the day. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about An when he moved on into young adulthood. Yeah, An was in coal business uh, at 25 when USA Treaty was signed. And after that, he v- devoted himself to education of Korean people by establishing private schools in northwestern regions of Korea with the support of Catholic Church. And then he starts to get actively involved in the resistance movement at some point. How does he, mm-hmm. what steps does he take to become active with that? Yeah, he exiled himself to Vladivostok uh, in 1907 to join in with the armed resistance against the Japanese colonial rulers. And as a lieutenant general of the group, he led several attacks against Japanese forces before his eventual defeat. Okay, and then the key moment in his life, Mm -hmm. uh, what he's most remembered for, this assassination of a Japanese general. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. At the time, for the independence fighters and also for Koreans and Chinese who suffered Japanese attack, uh, the resident general Ito Huirobumi was a focus of hatred because he's a representative of Japan in Korea. And in 1909, An traveled to Harbin, Manchuria with a plan to eliminate Ito. Mm. He shot Ito three times with a pistol on the platform of Harbin Railway Station. And after the shooting, An yelled out the Korean independence in Russian, waving the Korean flag. And An was arrested by Russian guards, then was turned over to Japan's custody. Interesting choice to yell out those words in Russian language, kind Mm -hmm. of catering to the audience that was most present, I guess, and uh, the people that would kind of spread the word about it. I think so, too. Hmm. All right, so he's in custody. Uh, I imagine uh, his fate under the uh, Japanese authorities was uh, not uh, a very good one. No. Uh, The Japanese colonial court, after six trials, sentenced him to death. Uh, He did not appeal the verdict, though he made two final requests. One was that uh, the wardens help him finish his essay called On Peace in East Asia, Mm -hmm. and the other for a set of white silk Korean clothes to die in. Uh, The warden granted his second wish and resigned shortly, but his essay was never finished. He never got a chance to finish um, his writings, although there is some partial writings by On that people can still consult, right? Mm -hmm. So what what effect did that have here at home in Korea, the the word that On had carried out this, uh, this assassination? Mm. Uh, some might argue about this, but it seems that on shooting Ito Hirobumi did not have an immediate impact on Japan's progress toward annexation of Korea. For just five months after An's execution, Korea was entirely under Japanese control. But he was a source of inspiration uh, to the loyalists and independence fighters throughout the Japanese occupation. And the fact that An's grave was never found, uh, it was not made public. It's never been found to this day, actually. It shows that Japanese authorities realized how representative An would become for Koreans. Sure, they didn't want some kind of pilgrimage site that Mm -hmm. people could go to and and rally and uh, draw some kind of inspiration from. But uh, there's an interesting little sidebar. Uh, I'm told that An is known for his skills at calligraphy as well. 
That's right. His most famed tangible legacy today is his widely admired calligraphy. Uh, he's also known for the saying, unless one reads one every day, thorns grow in one's mouth. They're fine if it works for you. Um, and people can go and uh, gather at a site that commemorates An Jong-gun nowadays, right? That's right. Uh, there's An Jung-gun Memorial Museum. It's been founded in 1970 to pay a due respect to his activities and enhance the thoughts and spirits of On Further. It's now located near Namsan, uh, Mount Namsan, and admission is free. So those who are interested might want to go and check it out. And you can learn more about somebody who is considered in modern-day Korea a patriotic martyr and uh, a key figure in the independence movement. That'll do it for Who's Who today. Jungbok, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Kurt. All right, and we'll be right back.